everybody, and welcome to Take a Knee. I'm Pastor David. Well, as you know, I had promised you at the beginning of the year, starting this new season, that I wanted to have some really special people on the show with me. And I'm very excited to introduce to you a good buddy of mine. Actually, he's family, but we won't get into all that. But I will say this. His name is Aaron Gray. And some of you are going to recognize that name from a very special time in history. But I'm going to let him say hello. And then, Aaron, we're going to begin with you just telling us who you are and what you did and what you're doing now. So we'll get to each one of those questions specifically. But remember, what I wanted to begin with is just to tell us about your initial response to being drafted into the NBA. Tell us a little bit about that. <laughs> well, first of all, David, you know, thanks for having me on, man. Um, you know, obviously, your family i love what you do man just spreading the kingdom it's just so encouraging man and you've been there for me uh just uh really important parts of my life so i just want to say thank you uh glad i can give back just a little decimal of what you've done for me so um yeah you know drafted the nba chicago bulls me uh joe kim noah james on curry in 2007 you know it was a life-changing moment and it was just an accumulation of years of hard work stress just like a coming together point just those late night long distance tournaments driving back with your dad falling asleep getting in at 3 a.m in the morning knowing you got class the next morning at 7 15 you know and all the way back in high school to mm. just missing class big games just the amount of pressure you know when you're on national television you know i played college basketball at the university of pittsburgh back when it was the real big east you know, just to hear your name, David Stern, come across the board. And, you know, even though I was a second round pick, man, it was just it was unbelievable. You know, I remember, Aaron, watching you on TV when Pitt went to the NCAA tournament. What year was that? And what year were you in college that particular year? So I was there from uh, 03 to 07. And we were lucky enough to go to four NCAA tournaments. Got to one Elite Eight, two Sweet Sixteens, and one first round exit my sophomore year. I had forgotten that part. That's amazing. And then you had gotten drafted by the Chicago Bulls. What was that like, Aaron, when you first <laughs> walked in there? And I mean, you're a big guy. You're seven foot, what, seven foot one? And what was that like when you walked into that building for the first time? It was pretty scary, um, but I was scared to death. Was that feeling like you go from being a boy to a man? Look, I thought I was grown. I thought I was mature. You know, you have all these notions in your head, right? You know, yeah. you're 20, 22 years old. And, you know, I'm walking into a locker room with guys making $20 million a year, 33, 34 families, grown men. You know, so it was a very humbling experience. But I will tell you this, David, it was amazing to me how soon that transition to these were just regular guys. These were just basketball players, just great human beings. You know, there were some bad eggs. There was definitely some boundaries and shelters you had to kind of set with certain players. But I mean, once that ball went up, man, we just we had a common goal. We all were going through the same things, you know, so it was a common ground. It didn't matter what year you were, what your salary was, and it turned into a brotherhood, man. So it was really incredible. I wish people could experience it and believe it, but it's true. <laughs> I remember you telling me about those stories, and I'm just on the uh, edge of my seat loving to hear you just telling me. Matter of fact, I remember that one time that you were telling me about going down the court, and oh, I forgot the big Chinese player. What was his name again? <laughs> Yao Ming, yeah. Yeah. What did he say to you when you guys were running down the court together? <laughs> yeah, so we were running down the court, we're playing against each other, and finally there's a stoppage of play, you know. And I'm not used to looking up to guys, right? <laughs> and uh, 
Yao Ming, I just kind of gave him a little side hug, and I was like, man, I'm just honored to play with you, man. You know, kind of like a little fanboy moment, I'll admit it. And, uh, you know, he just looks at me, and he kind of smiles. He goes, you know, what's up, Shorty? You know, uh, how is it down there? Okay, well, you know, got to get a little bit taller so we can uh, have a better conversation, you know. It just it was a really, really funny moment. And, I mean, I'll tell you what, it's funny. I got to have a lot of conversations with him over the year, and a lot of perennial big men, right? You know, hey, big fella, you know, make sure you take care of your mama. Make sure you take care of your mama. You know, that's the most important thing. Next contract, take care of your mama. You know, just fun stuff that, again, I'll get to cherish forever and eventually uh, share these stories with my kids. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I would love to be with you on those times. Just love your children. And we'll get to them here in just one second. But tell me, Aaron, you know, as we had mentioned earlier and when we got started here, that you and I connected somewhere in that period of time. And we began talking about your relationship with the Lord. And at that time, I didn't see a lot my growing up. And obviously, you know, I'm a little bit older than you. But as we connected, what was so exciting to me was to know that you were a believer in Christ. And so tell us a little bit about that, Aaron. When did you come to Christ and how did that impact your playing in the NBA? Yeah, you know, I got a real unique story, you know. My mom was a believer. She used to drag me and my brother to church. You know, we were not the best of children. We were not the most excited. It wasn't until I found a girl there that got me excited to go to church. But it's funny, like, my whole history of my faith walk has always been close to me. He's kept me out of trouble. And he's always had, like, these little small reminders. You know, I want to call it, like, the anchor that kind of reels you back in, you know. It doesn't let you get too far, you know. So from the church that she planted me in going up all the way through high school, school. When I went to college, I had a great experience, FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. I had a great mentor there, Ron Coder, does an amazing job. It was cool there at that point, too. So this is at the University of Pittsburgh, where, again, it's all the sports team come together Thursday nights. So I'd always be bummed if we had a Thursday night game or a road game. But it was cool because you're there with football players, volleyball, softball, women's basketball, hockey, you name it, right? And it's like just other guys that have God as a piece of them. And we're all, again, going through the same pressures, the same stresses, class, grades, have to perform on the court, you know? So that took me through college. And then even when I got to the NBA, so 60 minutes before every game, there's chaplain service. And again, I wasn't like this devout, like, you know, it was the most important thing to me. Again, just a presence in my life that I honored and definitely recognized, but I didn't prioritize. And again, so 60 minutes before every game in the NBA, every team, it would be a chaplain. It was cool because it would be players from both teams. You'd play down with the Houston Rockets. You'd be in there with Houston Rocket players. And there would even be times when coaches would go and join. And, you know, they'd just give us a little 10-minute message. And, again, just centers you. You know, it just makes you realize, like, okay, yeah, we're about to go play a basketball game in front of millions. And, you know, guys are making X amount of dollars. And the pressure is real. But there's something more. And it wasn't until I got out of the NBA. I coached for five years after it was Stan Van Gundy up here in the Pistons, up here in Detroit. And it was the time that I found our church. And it was where I kind of re-centered, reprioritized God in my life. And one of the first messages that I ever heard was talking about, you are your house. Where does God fit into your house? And I'm like, well, I mean, I'll be honest with you. He's kind of just the spare bedroom. He's kind of the bonus room. He's the basement, right? Like, he's just a small part of my life, and I wanted to change that. And one of the hardest things I had to do, and it took me months and months, and it'll probably be a journey for the rest of my life, is, you know, you got to tear that whole thing down. You just can't paint it. You can't add better light fixtures. You can't. You got to turn that whole thing down. And just like the Bible says, man, you got to start with him as your rock. Yeah. And now I really, truly feel like not only is he a foundation in my life, but he's also a foundation for my family, my kids. And just seeing how much further ahead they are than I was, like it really brings me a lot of excitement. Amen. 
Well, was there anybody in the NBA that you felt like had some impact on you in your faith, even though, Aaron, as you have described, it wasn't as developed as you wanted it to be, even in retrospect, but were there some believers that you felt like really impacted you? Yeah, I mean, Landry Fields was huge. He's now the GM of the Atlanta Hawks. Seeing a teammate like Quincy Acey, who was actually younger than me, that made it such a priority in his life. Anthony Tolliver played 13 years, great NBA career. Yeah, there was always, you know, like I said, it was funny how God would always kind of piece together people. Again, it's like you're just getting these taps. You're getting these taps. Sometimes it was in the really good, David. Like sometimes it's like life is so good right now. Like, oh, I don't need anything else. You know, I don't even need to honor God. I don't need to recognize him. The cool part, too, was he uses broken vessels. You know, like these weren't perfect men that were coming and saying, hey, be like me, be like me. It was always, look, I have my faults, I sin, I have areas I need to work at in my life. Man, if we can work on this together, we're going to be a lot better off. Mm, That's awesome. That's really awesome. Well, Aaron, why don't you tell me about what you're doing now? I mean, to go from being an NBA player, was that kind of a hard transition when the time came? It probably happened maybe a little sooner than you were hoping it would. But um, tell me about the transition and what you're doing now. Yep, so I'm starting my eighth year in the league, right? I just signed a two-year contract to actually play with the Pistons, and a blood clot from my leg gets to my heart, causes a full-blown heart attack. Mm. Uh, gets to the LAD, Widowmaker, you know, 0.5% of people survive, you know, all the miraculous stories. And it was hard because, honestly, when I got out of basketball, it's not like the money, it's not like the atmosphere, or anything like that. It's like, I just realized I had put my purpose into something that was so temporary. You know, and like when you're young and immature and for lack of better word, just dumb, you know, you think it's going to last forever. So here I am. It's like I just had to figure out so long that I need a purpose in this life. Yes. You know, so I transitioned out of coaching, found my church, found my business partner, my next phase of life. You know, I got really heavy into buying investment properties, apartment complexes. You know, we're in the real estate world. It's fun. We manage all our tenants. We've just eclipsed 55 single family homes. We're closing on our fourth big apartment complex. And we truly use it as a ministry. You know, we really feel like we're helping people out. We're providing good homes. Our kind of mantra is honor the home, honor the tenants, honor the investors. And again, like we try and bring some of those biblical principles, like once you sign up, right? Like once you invite the Holy Spirit in and you say, Jesus is, you know, who you're going to follow for the rest of your life, you know, you play by a different set of rules, right? So I'm not worried about currency or stacking bank accounts and things (laughs) like that. Trust me, there's times I do, like I still fall short, David. Like I still, (laughs) I still got goals and ambitions, right? But you know, God knows your heart. It's a fun thing to learn that he'll give you what you're responsible for. And there's been times where he's taken a lot of it away and, you know, it just becomes a vessel to do more and more good, man. And again, it's just like how he's shaped my life since I've made him the focal point. You know, I could tell you story after story, man. Yeah, I know you can. And matter of fact, just hearing this all again, it just makes me realize in the providence of God, the destiny that God had for you in coming so close, you know, for him taking you home, he left you here so that you can continue to make a difference and to do it with such a clear focus, you know. And I was going to mention a couple last things here is you are married to really a beauty queen. I mean, right, that's is, a testimony in itself, D. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I won't say anything about that because i mean obviously she loves you and how many children do you guys have yeah so the family's growing man we just had our fifth child um you know little eighth month old girl just centers the house my oldest is turning nine little aaron joseph boy my daughter is seven she's in first grade ariana 
got my five-year-old Lukey. He's the heart of our house, man. Mm-hmm. Just a little energy. He's my little twin, man. Like he sleeps probably 16 hours a day, and, but he's <laughs> he is running and sprinting. Otherwise, he runs hot. He's sweating. He's red. Like he's just my little guy, man. Leo, he's our three-year-old boy, and then, like I said to begin with, you know, our fifth child, little Art, that just turned eight months. That's awesome, Aaron. So excited for you, and I can't wait to see you guys again. Which leads me to really my last thing I wanted to talk to you about, and it doesn't have to take long, but what do you think about those Wolverines, buddy? (laughs) I knew we couldn't get through this without that. No, man. Um, man. Look, really exciting. It's a great feeling. You know, just the adversity that they overcame, the things they had to go through. The secession plan was kind of set, right? Like, you know, we kind of knew that Harbaugh had the itch to go to the NFL. There's been rumors every offseason. You know, so the fact that even, let's turn it a little spiritual, right, where God says, all right, well, let's see if this next guy can do it. We're going to give him at Penn State, Almers, Maryland, a powerhouse offense, and uh, Ohio State. Let's see how he does, right? He comes out three and low, and, and, you know, obviously we go on to win the Big Ten and then the national championship. You know, I just feel really good about the next guy that we got leave the helm. And we got some good pieces coming back, even though we got a lot of pieces leaving. Yeah, Yeah, man, it's a fun feeling, especially you remember in Michigan, man, the tension of the Wolverine Spartans is every day. So now I feel like for a decade, you can't talk to me like we're national champions in the (laughs) modern era. We beat the best Big Ten team. We beat the best SEC team. We beat the best Pac-10 team. We battle-tested, and we came out on top, man. It was awesome. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, you know, having grown up in Michigan myself, I grew up only 18 miles south of Lansing. I don't know how I ended up becoming a Go Blue boy. Just surrounded all my buddies. I don't remember. It must have been my brother, but yeah, well, buddy, I wanted to mention finally, first of all, thank you so much for taking the time. I know you're busy, but I wanted to mention that hopefully I'm going to make another game. And so we want to come up this time, hoping to maybe bring some of the ladies and hope to connect with you guys. So we'll be in touch. Thank you so much, Aaron. Love you a bunch, buddy. No, and thanks for having me, D. And again, man, just the work you're doing down here in North Carolina, the way you're raising your kids, man, your marriage. I mean, definitely it's had more impact than you know, man. So I know there's so many other that are in your congregation, your community, that you're having that same impact, man. So just keep doing a good fight, man. <laughs> awesome. Love you, buddy. And we'll talk again soon. All right. Love you too, D. We'll okay. talk soon. Bye-bye. Well, folks, thank you so much for hanging with me and listening in on this conversation. Again, this was Aaron Gray, and Aaron was an NBA player. He played college basketball for Pitt. You can look up his stats there. You probably heard me say he's seven foot one, just an enormous, wonderful, beautiful man. Just love him so much. He's actually my cousin. And one of the things that I wanted to also point out is that he played for several teams. I think he spent some time at Golden State. He was with the Toronto Raptors. And again, you can check him out on Wikipedia. His NBA career is listed there, but just so excited about his faith, about his future in the kingdom of God and what he's doing up there in the Detroit area. And again, very excited about these interviews and the more that we'll be having. So Lord, I just pray for everyone who came in and were a part of our conversation today. And Lord, just bless them. Lord, we're so excited about the future and what God is doing in our lives and what he's doing in our friends' lives. And so may your kingdom continue to expand Lord, we do just pray over Aaron and his family, Lord, that you would continue to bless them and increase them in giving them tremendous fruit in all that they do. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen. Thanks again for joining me here on Take a Knee, folks. You all have a great week, and we'll see you the next time.